0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit
1: faithfamilybillings.com. Well, uh, welcome back. We are uh, back for uh, our fourth session here of Behind the Curtain, exposing the spirit of Antichrist. My name is Sean McFarland, and next to me is Neil Barnt. And we are discussing uh, how the spirit of Antichrist is operating not only uh in the church at times but also in our government systems and i want to just uh share and do a little review here uh from the first three that we did uh um in in presentation review those as before we move into uh the fourth session here um uh in the first session we talked about this um in specifically in proverbs 29 2 it says when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. In the New Living Translation, it says, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked are in power, they groan. And we need righteous people in authority in order to uh, have rejoicing in our culture. And a lot of this falls specifically, and these messages are specifically to the church functioning calling the church to function within not only their governmental rights but from the foundation of the character of the word of god which our founding fathers did i know the lord um, had spoken to me concerning the elections coming up and uh, uh looking at the platforms that are available to to decide in your voting uh from and one of the things that he said to me with all the current unrest that we've had this year with covid 19 with the civil unrest that we've experienced there needs to be in the leadership in this nation uh, both on the national level and then on the local level men and women who are functioning within the character of god Uh, as one translation says it uh, we need sages that can uh, bring calm and peace and balance uh in the day-to-day functioning of the societies that are represented in the united states no matter what the backgrounds are and one of the things he said to me is he said most believers love what we have experienced nationally but here locally and specifically in montana many hate what we have experienced with the shutdown and slowing of the economy restrictions on social, religious and sporting gatherings, the mass mandates and other restrictions placed on us by the local government, which are not a lot of times uh, these mandates are come out of the state of emergency laws uh, or, or the right to actually do certain things that are anti-freedom. And so what the Lord had said to me was, is this is a pay attention moment a remember how you feel. Look at the facts. Don't forget at the ballot box moment. We, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, can determine our destiny in this. We must change who represents us and turn and in turn have them change the overly restrictive laws and ways that have been passed through the years. We have seen on a national level uh, the president has done uh, uh, has put into policy and made a lot of changes for religious freedom for, uh, uh, the right of, of the people to live at a level of Liberty that they desire and are used to. But then in locally, uh, specifically here in Montana, we've seen things, um, that have been more and more restrictive that they haven't been as free. And one of the verses that the Lord had given us for this, it was in song of Solomon two 15, it says, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines for our vines have tender grapes. In other words, there may be things that are being taken on a national level and being changed being taken on at a national level and being changed but locally small foxes still need to be dealt with in other words our government is important it's very important that we vote in those from the lower levels of government government all the way up to the top who will represent uh the kingdom of god and righteousness and so specifically um we talked about a few things, and I just want to review those real quick. In the first session, we discussed the importance of the believer understanding that the spirit of Antichrist is operating in the earth, and it is working through all avenues in the earth where there is an open door. This includes government. We discussed how the media and political leaders have turned COVID-19 into something that it is not, really a pandemic pandemic. As far as that's concerned, we looked at some of those stats, didn't we? Neil? Yeah,
0: definitely. And they're not changing really from what we talked about in the first session. So they're still relatively the same as what we had talked about.
1: Yeah. I know me personally, I've, uh, I have contact with a few, well, at least four or five in the medical profession, whether that be nurses, doctors, and, and, or a pharmacist. And um, they made this statement that their jobs are being hindered because of the politicizing of COVID-19 and what's going on, Uh, whether you realize it or not, and both sides of the political party are are barking this, they're touting this, that the other side is using it uh, for political advantage. But I say this to the church, We as the church with the Holy Spirit within us should be able to recognize which is the spirit of Antichrist and which is the spirit of Christ, which is functioning in in ethical character in their positions and that they're for the the, uh, progress and the freedom of the people as good leaders functioning in peace and those that are not. This should be really obvious uh, to the church, and if you're in the church and it's not obvious to you, then you need to dig in as a Christian, go deeper into your faith, and have a closer walk with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you astray. He's going to lead you in line with the written Word of God. And so we, we saw that in the first session about the COVID-19. And then in the second session, we discussed the fact that we are to fear God and not people, even if they are in authority. We are to fear God and honor or respect governing authority. We saw that Jesus spoke strong to Herod in his day, even though Herod was a governing authority. We also saw that when people uh, band together, uh, in a cause, it puts fear in the leadership and they mind, they keep in mind, or they mind staying within their authority and not using their positions for evil or under the influence of antichrist. We also discussed the bill of rights, which I missed the first amendment. It's all right. Yep. Everyone everyone can learn. That's right. And I did right in that moment. Um, I knew it was in the amendments. I just didn't know which one. So, uh, but that's that's another thing why this is coming out. We're encouraging you. This is not meant to be exhaustive on everything.
0: No, it's really a jump jumping point for you to be able to learn. Yeah, and maybe you've never had the opportunity or never been encouraged to learn some of these things. And so, any any one of those sparks is definitely that next step. In your right. walk and in your ability to function in this country in a greater way.
1: Yeah. You know, uh it anytime you're listening to someone speak, um, if the person is yielding to the Holy Spirit and they're coming with the with the word of the Lord, whether it be a politician, I don't care what it is, if they're functioning from the spirit of Christ, something will be sparked within your heart. And and what Neil was just saying, and what we're referencing is is that. God's going to speak to you and maybe he'll speak to you as a believer to run for political office locally or nationally. I don't know how that all works because I'm not a politician. I'm a preacher. But I do know this, that the Lord has called men and women out from his kingdom and graced them to function in all avenues that are available where he can have influence and i know the lord from our founding fathers has had influence in this nation and so we want to encourage you with that i know that um i know that the generations different generations uh, each one tries, the, the anti- spirit of Antichrist tries to define each generation. I know there's a strong push right now, and it's some of it's because of the education that's been given that's not true and not right to our, our founding and why we were founded. Um, it's twisted with the spirit of Antichrist. And so there are people um, that are fighting strongly against God, young people, uh, they've been raised in broken homes. They've been raised in, uh, government, uh, uh, systems that are not godly in nature and they're deceived. They're young people that are deceived. But I, I know this by the spirit of God, just as in the day of the apostle Paul, and he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I believe there are many that are in Antifa and these different groups that are causing great destruction and disturbance that are going to have encounters with God, and they are going to come up and become voices to their generation for righteousness. In fact, we're praying for that. We're believing for it. It doesn't mean that we're just going to back down and not stand strong in our conviction against these things that are that are chaos doctrines. They're antichrist doctrines. But it does mean this, that we will pray for those who persecute us, yeah. and we'll pray for those that, that hate us, and we'll bless those who curse us. And we do that by speaking the truth in love, and that's our goal. So then on the third uh, one. We discuss, the third session, we discuss the importance of knowing the laws we are under in this nation as well as locally. We discuss the importance of having a right understanding of Romans 13, which Romans 13 is packed with so many good truths, which some ministers have used to mislead Christians into submitting to evil leadership. We also discuss how our elected officials have an effect all down through the ranks of leadership. We need to drain the swamp on a national lever level to quote that phrase but we also need to take care of the small foxes on the local level and this is where we've continued to look at um uh continue to look at the spirit of antichrist and how it functions because we talked about like the governor and then he appoints people mm-hmm. and that has an effect all the way through the the state through the nation and then through the state locally just to give a, a, just a prime example. And, and some of you that are seeing this will know this at, at just currently they're dealing with, uh, high school sports and not being able to be present at high school sports. If you don't like that, you need to change who's representing you. That's what needs to take place. And you have that authority as an American to be able to do that. And you need to step up and take advantage of that so, Neil, would you go ahead and pray and then we'll get into this fourth session?
0: Yeah. Father God, I just thank you that you continue to speak to us, that as we have this dis- discussion, God, that you would just continue to put your words on our lips, God, and that everything that you want the believers to hear would be heard. God, I thank you that you have a firm system of justice and a firm system of weights and measures that you believe in god and i thank you that as we look at that today that you would continue to cause hearts to come to you in jesus
1: name amen amen so specifically i want to quote just a couple of uh the founding fathers here george washington he said this it is impossible to rightly govern the world without god and the bible that's our uh, first president that said that daniel webster said this if we abide in the principles taught in the bible our country will go on prospering and to prosper. But if we or our posterity neglects its instructions and authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all our glory in profound obscurity. And uh, we we see that. We see how quickly, especially in the current uh, situations in the culture, how quickly, when chaos begins to ensue and take over how quickly things can fall apart so specifically today i want to look at first of all the love of money first timothy six ten says this that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have for or i should say for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows and what we're going to talk about today this isn't just a love of money for the believer. Of course, it's that, but specifically in our government authorities and structures. And you you mentioned this in your prayer about weights and measures. And so we're going to talk about some of that, too, as we get into this. But the love of money is the root of all evil. I just want to point out a couple of things here. Money in and of itself is amoral, A M. O-R-A-L, amoral. It doesn't have a morality. Money does not choose between right and wrong. Money does not know righteousness or unrighteousness. Money is a tool that we use for exchange. That's what it is. So when it comes to character issues of these, of those who are seeking the, the uh, service of public office, whether it is the individual or the group, we need to look at what they plan to spend our money on. If, if you... The scripture says this, it says this, where your treasure is, there your heart lies. In other words, what you put money into is a revelation of your heart's condition. And so we need to realize that as believers, what are you voting for? In the platform, what are you voting? What are you looking at? What do you see that they are taking? That platform is taking your tax dollars and putting it into. And we're going to get into some issues mm-hmm. here. And uh, we're going to come at it from a, the scriptural standpoint, uh, the faith-based standpoint. And uh, we're going to see that money is really, it's just a tool. But where people put their money is a reflection of their heart. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can't love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well not only that when you appoint people to your government their love of money then multiplies. Yes. And so when you have more than one person that is in love with money, yeah, then where does your country go then? Right. Your roots are not based in the Bible anymore, they're based in whatever their selfish desires become and then right. from there
1: your country begins to flow in that direction. So I would say it like this. A person of character knows It's okay to go broke to stand for truth. Because you can't stand for truth, and we know this from Scripture, if you do what God calls you to do in love for Him, even if it costs you everything you own, God can get back everything you own. (laughs) And people of faith know that. They're not, you know, uh, and we'll get into this here in just a little bit, but you have to be very temporal in your thinking to be afraid of how much money you have when you're gonna die
0: yeah you know what i mean it doesn't
1: get deposited in your
0: casket and yeah you know where you're going
1: it's like the old saying is you know i've never seen a a u-haul behind a hearse because you don't get to take it with you Uh, everything that we have here is temporal and we believe in the blessings of god of Mm -hmm. course because it's scriptural but but i'm telling you it's going to be a big pile of ashes someday so neil's house may be bigger than my house so at the end of this when we go into eternity his pile of ashes will be bigger than mine that's what that boils down to but specifically in government in leadership and even as in leadership as parents when we're leading our children it's okay to tout the blessings of god but we need to keep them in perspective with eternity
0: yeah the bible divides it into a couple of different categories where you have wood hay and stubble yeah versus precious stones and and jewels and things that are of value but they're in heaven right so when you store up things in heaven yeah then that means that you've been working for the kingdom of god rather than working for man yeah. or your own ambition
1: yeah i was talking about this with somebody the other day i think it was just yesterday actually talking about judas and most people know the story of Judas especially as a believer you should know but Judas specifically think about this the Jesus Christ was the corner is the is the cornerstone of the church and the apostles and prophets are the other stones that the church was built on Judas chose hell over being a foundation stone in the kingdom of God over what the love of money The love of money. And so we have politicians, listen to me, on the Republican side as well. I don't care. And they love money more. And I call to these people, you need to repent. Because if you don't, it will cost you. The the example of Judas wasn't given so we could look back at Judas and just go, oh, Judas, look what he did. It's a warning. Yeah. It's an example. Yeah, the, the 30 pieces of
0: silver that he took wasn't even an exorbitant amount of money. No. It was not the point that he was written a check for a million dollars. It was, he got a little bit and then his heart was turned over to what the devil's purposes were.
1: Yeah, if you really think about it, everything that Judas saw, and I didn't mean to intend to get into this, but it's a warning for, for those that are watching. Um, but everything that Judas saw, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, knowing. Jesus transfiguring he wasn't at the mount of trans- transfiguration but he knew about it he heard about these things he kn- he saw miracles he saw maimed people healed do you realize what that means people with no limb grew a limb maimed why were they maimed well you know it's possible that they were maimed in a farming accident or they could have been attacked by a wild beast i mean they we didn't have the they didn't have the protections then that we do now and the kind of the structures They could have had their arm ripped off in a, you know, by a lion or by Mm -hmm. a bear or something like that. And that limb grew back out or they lost it because of leprosy or some disease. And, and Judas saw that yet he gave his heart in love to a material thing that you cannot take with you. So friend, listen, don't love money. And you say, why even say that? because every year political parties try to use it the fear of you losing your money to strong arm you into voting a certain direction listen to me vote the bible first you cannot seek the kingdom of god first in his righteousness and starve it's a it's a promise to you the righteous will not be forsaken nor his seed break, begging bread so stand on that truth. I wanna, I'm want i going to skip down here to Luke 16 because it's going a little long here, or we're, I shouldn't say long, but we're getting to on in time, and I want you to be able to get to yours too. Luke 16, 11 says this. says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, which is money, uh, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give to you what is your own? Verse 13, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You cannot serve God and mammon. So what do we see from this teaching by Jesus? We see that you cannot serve two masters. Here is a conclusion that we, we have to come to. A person who serves God will serve people with integrity. They are a person who will make righteous decisions concerning our money and how it is spent because they are living in fear of God. Mm-hmm. The fear of God is necessary in our government, and our founding fathers made a big deal of it because there's so much activity that goes on behind closed doors. There's so much activity that goes on, where our politicians are getting, even even Republican ones, conservative ones, are getting in these backdoor meetings, and money and things are being thrown around, and they're making decisions out of fear of money rather than fear of God, and 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 right now in our nations. The whole nation is being shaken. Every portion of our government where it touches is being shaken mm-hmm. from the public school system to the healthcare system, to the uh, social civil, uh, our civil authorities, all of these areas to the top dogs, the head guys that are in Washington, that we pay to fly around in jets. They have to fear God first because if they don't, and if they're not taught and, and the fear of God is not placed before them, they'll make decisions based on their own opinion, not based on their eternity, mm-hmm. which is a huge deal. We also see that the opposite would be true as well. Our founding fathers did not intend that serving in government become a means to get rich. In fact, in their minds, they committed their lives and their fortunes to the establishment of a nation committed to God. Yeah. You know, we talk about them committing their lives. And a lot of times we don't think about how the statement says their fortunes too. Mm -hmm. Their money. What did they do with that money? They said, this money is your money, God, because you gave it to us. And we believe that this is the call of God for America and what you're wanting to establish, Lord, in this nation. So here's all our money too. And a lot of them lost their lives and their money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They didn't exactly come out. But think about it. I'd rather lose my life and my money here and and be in heaven forever and be able to come back and rule and reign and with Christ here on earth than have all gain the whole world, as the scripture says, and lose what? Your soul, my soul. I don't think my soul's worth the whole world. I think my soul, it's not the exchange value is not equal. My soul is worth the blood and body of Jesus Christ. And since that love was demonstrated to me, I want to give it back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, finally here, uh, uh, one of the statements that I read, uh, in, in regards to this passage of scripture in, uh, Luke, it says, since material gain is temporal, greed is irrational since material gain is temporal, greed is irrational. In other words, Job 121 says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. <laughs> this, this is a pile of meat and bones. Inside of this house is, is Sean, is the one who's been born again and will live for, forever. This is going back to ashes, going back to dust. And so uh, material gain in this life or greed, it makes greed irrational. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. It's interesting that hastening to go re- to be rich causes punishment. Yeah. Exodus 20, 17 says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You know, I, I've watched things on the news lately where people are walking down the middle of streets, telling people inside their own homes that they need to give it to the people in the streets. You're commanded not to covet your neighbor's house. You live in a nation where you can go to work, get educated, and get your own house. It won't come quickly. But I'll just quote this other scripture back to you, Proverbs 28, 20. You hasten to get it that way, you will not go unpunished. Because the hand of God will come, and punishment will come. And so that's just a warning to people to not think that way. Don't allow that thinking in your mind. It says this, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. So leave her alone. If you have your own wife, stop looking at your neighbor's wife. Especially as a believer. Knock it off. Control your head. Control your emotion and your flesh. People say, well, I can't control myself. You are lying to yourself and you're believing a lie that did not come from God. You have the spirit of self-control. We have the spirit of self-control inside of us. Spirit of the Spirit. That's right. You have the anointing of heaven within you to stop lust. Do it. You say, what's that got to do with government? I think a lot. All you politicians that are not being faithful to your spouses, and you're participating in things you shouldn't be. You had better repent because those seeds have a harvest. People say, you know, uh, I can hear them almost, especially in our culture. Well, you're mean. You're right. I'm so mean. I don't want hell to break loose in your house and destroy your life. I mean, mean old preacher speaking the truth in love mm-hmm. friend listen you can say god's word won't work but i'll just tell you this you plant an apple seed you're getting an apple tree you plant an orange seed you're getting an orange you plant a piece of corn you're getting a corn stalk you cannot plant seeds of death and reap harvests of life it won't happen it's why groups of people are so in distress they continue in the the pattern of insanity of i want to sow the same thing over and over again and reap a different harvest Mm -hmm. no you've got to uproot the weeds and plant something different and protect the ground and the seed if you want different harvests Mm -hmm. i mean it's just that way so we see this also in proverbs 20 21 an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end and so we need to have this mentality in character, not only holding our politicians here, but then ourselves as well, because it starts with us, right? Yeah. If we have character, we'll see it in others, and we'll vote for character. We'll vote for those who have a godly foundation and a godly place of character. So, what did you have for us, Neil, in regards to this about weights and measures?
0: Sure. So the the first thing that I was going to go is just a little historical perspective on the pay scale of uh, uh, representative or a senator. And so, you know, you would think that, oh, they've always just been paid tons of money. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just what happens. You're, you're in government. And it's, it's one of those things that we just have to pay them a lot of money to do that for us. The the reality is that the first Congress was paid $6 a day. (laughs) And, you know, they, they want to say that, you know, $15 an hour is the minimum wage today. And that's what you should do. Well, In reality, it's, it's not about how much a day you're making, right? It's what you're doing with it. Number one, but number two, if you have policies that are causing inflation and things like that to happen, where your dollar is no longer worth as much. Right. Then it makes it a little bit difficult to, you know, be on that same scale. So when when they first started congress they they didn't have a set number of days that they were working so it's not like today where you've got a full-time job and you come to work monday through friday so they they gave them the ability to kind of set their own schedule they ended up working 168 days out of that first session of congress so that comes to a total payment of one thousand and eight dollars for the year's worth of work that they did okay so today's uh, baseline for either a representative or Senator is $174,000. So if you do the adjustment, the math to bring that number back into what it would have been back when they first had their first congressional session in 1789, that pay equates to $5,875 and so it's over five times the amount that we originally were paying our representatives and our senators right but not only that when you look at the average pay of the time that the average salary of a of a worker was between $2,900 and 4925. okay so that wasn't a, exactly the same because we were still working through some of those pay scales and things like that as far as getting everybody on the same money and things like that but the overall equivalent it was that the representatives and the senators were making about half of what a regular salary would have been like rather than five times or or even greater than what that average salary was and
1: so which is our current situation
0: yeah the current situation is that that higher level and so One of the things that the 27th amendment did was make it so that the senators and the congressmen couldn't vote themselves immediate pay raises. The pay raises have to take effect in the next session. Okay. The problem with that though, is that a lot of these folks have been in office for years and years and years. Right. And so even though you didn't give yourself the raise this time, you're technically really giving yourself the raise eventually. Right. And so that kind of thing, you know, we could amend the Constitution again to say that, you know, you have to put pay raises to the people. I mean, there, there's a lot of situations that you could do there. But when you look at it, when you're the one that is voting yourself your paycheck, you're basically going to say, well, I deserve a lot for what <laughs> yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it really makes that that measurement system a little bit out of whack. Right. And so one of the, the articles that is specifically in the the constitution regarding what congress has to do in an article one section eight clause five it states that congress is to set the standards of weights and measures okay and so in reality what that means for them is you know we use a system of measurement that's called inches and feet and we use the same kind of currency we, you know, when you say it's something weighs a pound, it's defined by a weight system, mm-hmm. things like that. But God has a perspective on that as well. And if I was in a position of leadership, I would probably want to look at what His perspective of weights and measures was before I started making a bunch of rules and regulations about right. what my feelings were. And so, um, in in Proverbs twenty, <clears throat> excuse me, Proverbs twenty, uh, verse ten it says this in the in the New King James Version, it says, diverse weights and diverse measures, they are both alike, an abomination to the Lord. And so I thought it was interesting in the, the Passion Translation, that same verse says, mark it down, God hates it when you demonstrate a double standard, wow. one for them and one for you. So we would look at it as saying, oh, you, you know, there's the old saying you put your thumb on the scale right well right. that's what they actually were doing they were measuring things in a weight system where it cost you a certain amount based off how much it weighed right and they would put their thumb on there to say oh you actually owe me a little bit extra well god doesn't like that right god also doesn't like it when you have a double standard when you set up a standard that is different for yourself right in the way that you live in the way that you act in the way that you use your money when those things are different from what you're trying to tell other people to do right it's actually detestable to god right he he can't bless a person that lives in that manner right and so when you elect people when you say oh i'm just voting for them because they have a letter at the end of their name that i like is that a weight and measure that you want to live by right i don't i don't think that that's what god is really going to bless he's not blessing them based off of who they align themselves with He's blessing them on whether they're going to treat people the same as they're treating themselves. You know, that's the second commandment that Jesus gave us. You love your neighbor oh, as right. you love yourself. Yep. And so if I love myself a whole lot, but I don't love my neighbor, I'm not following what he asked us to do. Right. And the standard that he gave was actually in the first commandment that he gave to us. He said that you actually need to love God right. first. Right. And so when you love God first, then all of those things that weigh you down in life start to melt away because you look at the beauty of God, you look at his righteousness, you look at all of the things that he's created for you to use in life. And then all of a sudden it becomes this measurement that is beyond what you can even ask or think or imagine. Right. And when you get to that standard of measurement, it's a whole lot different than just saying, well, we like to have hundred dollar bills and you know, they're really great when you have a lot of them added up in your bank account. Right. You know those types of measurements last for forever right and so in in proverbs uh, uh, 20 verse 11 it goes on to say that all children show what they are really like by how they act (laughs) you can discern their character whether they are pure or perverse right so if you can look at a child and know that yeah how much more should you be able to look at a grown adult that is supposed to be mature right not not only mature in the Lord, but mature in the standards of the society that we live in. And you should immediately be able to tell based off God's word, whether they are pure or perverse. Right. And again, that's not representative by the letter at the end of their name. It's representative by the character that lives inside of them. Right. And so I think that really brings us to some platform issues that we want to talk about. Yes. 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 And so let's let's go ahead and, and bring those up
1: and. And I think uh, two that we were going to talk about this time was the sanctity of human life and then God and government. So um, as you're going to the polls here in November, look at the platforms. I mean, this information is available everywhere. So um, that was uh, uh, the sanctity of human life. Now, I guess I'll read the Democrat platform. and then if you want to take the republican sure okay
0: and we got this from frc action it's a legislature affiliate of the family research council so yeah we didn't make this up nope this is not made up. and they didn't make it up either they actually took it straight out of the party platforms that were published online
1: right and all this information is available it's just like with all these different groups that are uh that are causing issues in the streets civil unrest stuff like that guys Don't follow the news media on it. Go look and think for yourself. Uh, Socialism, communism, the idea of a dictator, and especially in America, Americans' freedoms being taken away, it can happen. It happens so much quicker and easily for those that want to take it over if the people are ignorant. Don't be ignorant. You have the right to learn to think, to use your faith, and be smart. So use it. But it, but the the Democrats stand talking about character, weights and measures, mm-hmm. things like that. I know specifically we talked about money. But to represent, and and you just read that verse. You can look at a child and know their motives. Yeah. Well, we can look at a polit- political party by what they're standing on and know their motives. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says this: the Democrats have this stand. It calls for government-funded abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy by repealing the Hyde amendment which bars federal money for elective abortion it will overturn it will overturn federal and state laws and policies that impede a woman's access to abortion we will continue to stand up to republican efforts to defund planned parenthood this is specifically the Democrat party. This is their stance. These are their words to you. So I've had, I've had people actually was just on Facebook the other day, and somebody had posted a picture of a Republican person and their stand for life. And underneath it, there was a comment from, from a person that stated, you Republicans think that, you know, God only. And then it said, we pray to God too. Well, I'm glad you pray, but study while you're praying Look at what the Lord's stance is on these things, these issues. God is the giver of life. You will not be able to form a doctrine that is uh, 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 compatible with the word of God for the right to be able to kill the children that he's given to us. It will not, you have no, nothing to stand on. People say, you know, people will make this statement. I'm going to vote my conscience. We better make sure your conscience is in line with the word of God. Well, I know the Holy Spirit, and he will never lead you outside of the word of God. And so you make sure, take time. You say, well, that offends me that you'd say that. Well, I'm glad it does, and I hope it irritates you enough to go and look and see what the word of God says. Because if you're going to vote in line with a particular party that stands for abortion— and listen, I don't. I hate to say this, but I, I, I've heard of the fact that there are Republicans that stand with abortion, mm-hmm. too. You better know who you're voting for. Know their stance. Look up their voting record. Check them out. Make sure you know. Well, and there's some people that say, well, you're a dude. You don't have the right to
0: say <laughs> yeah. whether anything happens with a woman. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have laws that say you don't murder people. Right and i didn't see the asterisk at the end of those laws where it said well it's okay if they're still inside of someone's stomach right so i mean just that standard alone right is an uneven weight in
1: measurement right and really it's a reflection of the heart yeah people that cannot hear from anybody they can only hear from the people that agree with them or they the truth is only found inside of their opinion you're in trouble anyway you're headed down a path of destruction and you've if you've been on that path for a while you're already experiencing it and you know it and you need to be honest with yourself because inside you know you know you're lying to yourself and you know you're lying to others and life inside of a womb, you know we have these a political party that will that will defend you know the 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 an owl
0: mm-hmm. to the
1: death but won't defend the life inside of a, another person inside their womb.
0: Yeah, even in Montana you have people that like pass out because you were going to hurt a sage grouse. Yeah. and have nothing to say about snuffing out the life of a
1: child. So the, the I ha- I have a neighbor who said to me, "What's the opposite of pro-life?" is pro-death. Yeah. And there's no other way. And people say, "No, no, I'm pro-choice. You're not pro-choice." Because if you were you wouldn't get
0: angry when they don't choose the way that you want right and that's what it really boils down to so on the republican side it says they are proud to be the party that protects human life and offers a real solution for women and strongly opposes infanticide supports the following the born alive abortion survivors protecting act the human life constitutional amendment a ban on abortion of 20 weeks when unborn babies can feel pain, a ban on abortion based on sex or disability, a ban on dismemberment abortion in which abortion clinics uh, legally tear apart the baby limb from limb, abortion clinic safety regulations, a ban on human cloning on the creation of and experimenting on human embryos, including three-parent embryos, a ban on any sale of fetal body parts, a ban on the use of public funds to perform, promote abortion, or to fund the organization—an uh, organization like Planned Parenthood.
1: Right, and so you can see there, and there needs to be—and this is what we're after, really, as Christians—the end of abortion, yeah, altogether. And this is not the very rare place where you have you're making a decision. We're not talking about making a decision medically between the life of the mother and the life of the child. This is not we're not talking about that situation at all we're talking about the reality of of just basically yeah. murder well, and for, the well i don't want to be inconvenienced
0: yeah the statistics behind that are really the same as what we're experiencing in the coronavirus situation Oh, really? yeah yeah people in a survey recently said that they think 30 million people in america have died from the coronavirus <laughs> i mean <laughs> they talk about it every day on the news if you watch the news you might think that <laughs> 180,000 right now so yeah. I mean, when you get to the point of you don't even know what you believe anymore and right. aren't shocked by the fact that the answer isn't three to 17 times higher than what reality is. Right. And then at the same time, if you actually ask somebody, how many abortions do you think happen in America every right. year? They couldn't tell you. They have no idea because they don't want to think about that. Right. And the, the reality is that there's way more abortions in America than any people that he have even caught the coronavirus and have been documented with that versus the amount of people that have died from it alone.
1: Right. And yeah. that, that's really a sad thing. There's no, there's uh, the reason why. And here's another thing too, as a believer, don't be shocked that people who don't know the Lord will threaten to kill politicians who are standing for the Lord or for you. Don't be shocked when you see, you know, civil unrest and people chasing down these people that are you know standing for life threatening to kill their spouse and their kids and all that stuff they they're they're pro-murder of babies they have murder in their hearts you know i just saw uh, something on facebook in regards to uh some of the protests that have been going on and there was a you know one group had a, a guillotine at their protest and they burned an american flag and they I don't know if they chopped the head off of a teddy bear but they, you know, did stuff like that. Uh somebody had a like some sort of representation of Donald Trump and decapitated the thing. And people say, um, you know, that's not right. And I agree, it's not right. It's terrible. Um imagine if that would have happened with other presidents that we've had. Um but are we surprised that the spirit of murder that has been in place concerning abortion would come out concerning the elderly concerning politicians should it surprise us that a murderous antichrist spirit would threaten someone's kids uh threaten someone's wife I don't think we should be surprised by that at all the other thing is, we shouldn't be afraid of it. We have a way of dealing with these things. And people say, "Oh, yeah, I'm ready to deal with it." You know, and you conservatives with your Bibles and your guns and your, you know, and and all of this stuff. No, no, we have a ballot. We have a voting <laughs> every so many years. Church, rise up and vote. Another another uh, thing here is God in government, and uh, the Democrat side is basically silent on the role of God in government. And I think that pretty much speaks for itself.
0: Well. When you even can't say the word God in the Pledge of Allegiance, (laughs) it's pretty evident of where you stand on that. Yeah, that's true. And so on the Republican side, it says, If God-given, natural, inalienable rights come in conflict with the government, court or human guaranteed rights, God-given, natural, inalienable rights always prevail. We support the public display of the Ten Commandments as a reflection of our history and our country's Judeo-Christian heritage, we will fight for school choice and for local control. And it's interesting to me because a lot of people may not even know what the word inalienable means. Mm-hmm. The, the government did not create rights. The government didn't make up the set of rules that we live by. Right. They are in the creation of the world from god right so the rights came from god in the first place just like the scripture talks about how he gave us the money that we earn from our job and, and those types of things he gave us these other rights to live by and when we say oh god gave us this money we you know give it back to him in offering right why don't we do that with the same thing in other areas of our our life. You know, you can worship God in the way that you vote. You can worship God in the way that you spend your time. You can worship God in the way that you interact with other people just as much as you can with signing the check over or however you give your offering on a Sunday morning.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's the exact same, same principle because everything that we've received is from God. And so it's his to give back uh, or it's ours. He puts it in our possession to give back to even the the heartbeats we have. Yeah. You know, and if you understand that, then you.
0: Well, when you come before the Lord and account for your life, are you going to actually be able to say, well, I did a lot of things in your name and have that record? Or is it going to be, you know, God, I would have done all this stuff, but there was people that were doing things bad against me. Right you know, that's the character that we're talking about here. Yeah. The folks that are going to do the right thing, no matter what are going to be the ones that are rewarded by God. Yeah. Not the ones that felt like a good Christian on Sunday and then maybe came to church twice a year. Right. And, oh, I'm a Christian. Well, where's the fruit of that? Yeah. Where's the fruit of that in your life? Right.
1: There has to be depth of character demonstrated. And, um, you know, even in the current church culture, there seems to be a move toward, uh, you know, we don't have to do anything at all. We, you know, we're saved by grace, which is absolutely true. We are saved by grace, but grace and resurrection within a person has a harvest if it's tended to correctly. And, um, and we will, you know, that people say, well, you know, I'm going to get to heaven because of what Jesus did, not because of my works. And you are correct. You will get there because of that, but there'll be rewards missed. If you don't, uh live from within god's not um he's not soft on wanting uh a return on his investment yeah he actually believes he should get some return and and he should because of how much he's invested that we don't even deserve you know uh we we we, everything that we have is truly that's good and came down from the father of lights as a gift from him so I think that probably wraps this one up or i think yeah that is uh the i don't remember world. did we close in prayer on the others i think we did okay so do you want me to or do you I will... think you
0: had in the past okay
1: i'll do it again then father we do we thank you for this time this session lord we thank you that you're speaking to your people through these these messages father i just ask that you continue to, to 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 multiply and spread the word quickly as you did in the New Testament, Lord, by your grace and your ability, that that truths are just multiplying through your body and that more and more people are, are standing up in boldness of the Holy Spirit to speak truth and demand truth in our leaders in this nation and in our own lives. Lord, we will love you above money and everything natural. We purpose to fear you and we purpose to honor men. We thank you for your goodness in Jesus name, amen.